Occasionally a role and a picture are so impressive that we behind the camera want to shout about it from the rooftops. I have just been privileged to work in such a picture. The film is The Leopard from the celebrated bestseller and it provides one of the most challenging roles it's ever been my good fortune to portray. The beautiful Claudia Cardinale and Alan Delon are also starred under the masterful direction of Lucchino Visconti. As you know, the Leopard won the Golden Palm Award for the best picture of 1963 at the Cannes International Film Festival. So it is a fitting offering to come to you from 20th Century Fox, who also gave you The Longest Day and Cleopatra. A stunning visualization. Nostalgia very similar to Gone with the Wind, says Bosley Crowther of the New York Times. Welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. Discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. My name is Britt Reinhold Hobson. And I'm Joey Rogge. Uh, and just would love to take a, a brief moment before we dive in to talk about the sultry tones I'm going to be working with here on this podcast. Uh, coming out of the uh, the old sick wagon here, so you're going to, I don't would say I sound too different than normal, but uh might not fly off the handle as much as I normally do. Uh, we're going to try to keep it reserved today. Uh, it's going to be lovely. It's going to be uh, way more, it's, it's going to, you know, the tone's going to fit the style of the leopard. It's going to be very regal. And uh, very much of a of a world on the on the verge of change, if you will. Um, so, uh, but let's 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 get to some recommends first. Uh, let Joey, let's let's go with you first. What do you what do you want to recommend this week? So, I actually watching this movie, I, I thought a lot about Martin Scorsese. Um, you know, a bunch of well dressed Italian guys talking about power. He's never done that. So. I actually went to a Scorsese that I'd never seen before, and I had been waiting for something. So I watched it this week, hoping that it would be something, and I loved it. Um, mean Streets with De Niro and Kaito. I'd never seen it. It's been something that I've been kind of waiting on. I absolutely loved it. I ended up watching it twice this week, and I'm going to recommend it to everybody who hasn't seen it, because which is probably not many people, because it's excellent, and I was laid on it. <laughs> I've never seen it, so... It's really good. It's De Niro That's and Keitel awesome. just being great. This was a high school watch, and I got to be honest, I haven't seen it since. So my, uh, I'm not even really sure what it's about. Yeah, you know, it's just New York street stuff, like low-level criminal guys just trying to not make things worse for themselves. And it's just powerful performances by people. And, and uh De Niro kind of goes off the deep end in a couple of scenes, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in just a wonderful, absurd way. <laughs> mean Streets is a great... That's a fun recommend for this. I I, I, I am appreciative of of that. Uh, Thank you. And, and where, uh, where... Is it streaming anywhere? It's on Prime. It's streaming on Prime. Oh, great. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, definitely worth... Okay, definitely so. worth watching. It's... It's a... It's a... 
it's a quick two hours. You don't feel it. Cool. Awesome. Well, the, the, with the mean streets of New York there uh, and our good friend Marty Scorsese, um, and, and, and this, isn't, this won't be the first time we hear about uh, uh, Scorsese in this, uh, this podcast. No, it fits. Uh, Britt, what, uh, what are you recommending this so week? So I kind of went the opposite way uh, with my recommend. I didn't think about Scorsese. I thought about uh, other, other period dramas or other, other sh- movies or shows with a lot of amazing costuming and so i settled on one of my favorite finds during the pandemic well it started during the pandemic but um there is a show called the great on hulu and it is about a very highly fictionalized fictionalized telling of the life of catherine the great of russia and i love this show it's one of my favorites it is the characters in it are so flawed and so ruthless and so nasty, and yet they're all so likable at the same time. The Everything about the series works for me. I highly recommend it if you want to go watch Nicholas Holt and Elle Fanning just work so well off each other and, and have a fucking great time doing it in a horrible, horrible Russian historical thing. I don't even quite know how to describe it, but it is fun. It's funny. The great Hulu. Highly recommend it. So entertaining. I, I just love the Nicholas Holt love back to back weeks. <laughs> I love Nicholas Holt so much. Now, is that is that like executive produced by Yorgos Lanthimos? Because there's got yeah. there's some connection. Uh, no, that, right? it's not Yorgos. It is um, the writer of The Favorite, uh, who is the writer of this as well. Okay, okay. Yes. So, Norris is the director. Okay. Yeah, so it that, there's the connection there, but um it's the yeah, it's the writer of the favorite and he actually had written this as a play and then started adapting it for television instead and it works really really well and it's just a riot. How many seasons is it? It's two so far. Um I believe it's been renewed for a third. I think it probably costs a lot of money, so it takes a while for it to get renewed. Sure. But it's, I think he said that he sees it going about six seasons, potentially. I mean, Hulu's not like Netflix where they cancel everything. Hulu sticks with things, so. (laughs) Which is good. Thank God. Because, man, does Netflix cancel everything. Well, they cancel things and then HBO just pulls them off because they don't want to pay anybody for them anymore. So that's great. Yay, streaming. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's, we can also go down the very current DC uh, debacle and everybody getting shit canned from there. Yeah. Um, the Rock ruined I'm the DC. Gonna... <laughs> well, did you see Black Adam? Because it was pretty bad. It was awful. No, I didn't, and I don't. It, I don't think that I will. I watched. I, that I watched it last one week. One of the worst movies. Yeah, I, it's. I I don't know that I like The Rock anymore. It was that bad. I mean, I have to agree. His acting was just... And, and I think a lot of that was direction, to be perfectly honest. You can only do so much when nobody's telling you what to do. I don't know. Other but people acted. Was he mess. was just... He wasn't Black Adam. He was just <laughs> The Rock. He did nothing different. Well, I, I will say that I did like Pierce Brosnan. He, and I, I like the guy who played Hawkeye. I liked the two of them very yeah. much. Yeah. I thought he they were good. good. They were Those two were in a good movie. Everybody else was in something that like I made. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, actually, I have more faith in you. I think you would have done a much better job. Than I would have had a lot less slow it. motion. I'll tell you that much. Oh. So that is our uh, do not recommend for this oh week God. is Black Adam. There, 
There you go. There it is. It's do, so do not bad. recommend a, that a different kind of DNR. This is not a, well. Maybe do not resuscitate. We we will not resuscitate Black just Adam. Put that um, in in like the vault and never take it back out again. That sounds that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, I I truly love that our recommends are are all over the place. Uh, the only way that I can really say that there's some kind of a connection between my recommend and, and the leopard um, is that, you know, part of what makes the leopard, the leopard at the, uh, is this very extended ball sequence at the end. Very, very um, uh, good, big, long dance sequence. Um, and I was, uh, I was introduced to a, uh, uh, Joey, you said this mean streets was a first watch for you when you did. Yeah, this? It's first watch. Uh, I also have a first watch recommend here, um, a movie that Melissa got to introduce to me because I had not seen it. Uh, from the year of my birth, 1987, I am recommending the romantic dance drama Dirty Dancing. You had never, seen, never Dirty seen Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing? <laughs> it is coming. Just Johnny, that's, that's way too long without having Johnny Castle in your life. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't disagree with you. Wow, that's awesome. How was the first watch? Well, it was funny. So we came off of back-to-back weekends where, um, so uh, the weekend before, and again, I, you're probably both going to yell at me, so I just just let you know right now. Um, I also had never seen Footloose. Uh, and so uh, we, watched, <laughs> we watched Footloose. Um, the weekend before, also highly entertaining film. So fun. F- Footloose, though, is a razor's edge from being a really bad movie. Um, I mean, it 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 walks that tightrope so close. That's what makes it fun because you're I'd... never sure when it's going to fall. That's what. Well, yeah, I don't know if I'd call good- Footloose a good movie, but it's an entertaining movie. Yeah, when uh, I didn't. So I, uh, no, I can't talk about Footloose. Um, <laughs> no, but during dancing. dancing, um. And you know we're talking about there's some there's some class stuff here, kind of like uh, kind of like the leopard, uh, and uh, and obviously dance playing a key part. Well, m- mostly key here in Dirty Dancing. Um, but you know somebody somebody's seeing the bo- both sides of uh, of the world like our leopard is. Um, and uh, but honestly, just very charming. Everybody's great in it. Um, and I think what I really appreciated the most from my my Dirty Dancing watch was Jennifer Grey really selling the the shit dancer at the beginning and like the progressing. Cause like she really sells the stages of the dancing throughout the movie. Cause by the end she's just killing it. And then, you know, when and we're, I'm watching it with Melissa and when we get to the very end and he actually lifts her up, I look at Melissa and I go, my, I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I was like, this is so stupid how well this is working right now. Like it shouldn't fucking work nope. that well, but it absolutely does. So let me ask you a question. So, I mean, I'm, you know, you, you know what you, you've, you've heard before. Nobody puts baby in a corner. You know about like the lift. How did that all work for you? Kind of knowing, but then seeing it. Great question. Uh, the quote falls flat, actually. It, it comes up so fast and almost is like, it's almost like a throwaway line that it, um, it, it didn't land at all. But the lift is so, I mean, it, and, and and it's different because, like, obviously, I don't know that she ba- she bails out on the lift where they do the dance when she's covering for the girl. So, like, then we're building to something anyway because they haven't done it. So, yeah. I would also bail out on that lift. I, <laughs> as a dancer, I do not like being lifted. And I, no way, no way, shape, or form. I actually was in a I, show that they wanted me to do multiple lifts. And I kept saying, I'm 5'8". 
that is not gonna happen. Thank you. And they ended up taking most of them out. <laughs> I was I was at a commercial and I showed up on the day and they go, hey, we were thinking about doing like a lift like this in the commercial. What do you think? And I was like, um, if you would give me weeks to practice with this person who I'm just not meeting for the first time, um, maybe. But like, <laughs> they were like, I was like, no. And like, can we just see it? And I'm like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay. And like, she got to me and I like went up. I was like, yep, that's what you're going to get. Like, I, I like, like, here it is. And then no. <laughs> right. That, that's an uh, absurd level of trust. <laughs> no way, shape, yeah. or form. Absolutely not. How dare they? That's um, all I have I to also, say. I also would like to say that my other connection, as I, I forgot, to, I didn't lead with this, directed by Emil Ardolino, who is of Italian descent. There you so, go. Uh, Thank you know, God. The, the dirty dancing. A lot of gabagool on set. It's all, it's all here. <laughs> Well, maybe. I mean, but they they filmed at that country club. There was probably a very a, a lack of uh, of gabagool there at the. You never know. You never club. know. But I, I love that. that I'm of, so happy you watched it for the first time. Like that, that, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely it was a it was a fun watch. Uh, so shit, there you go. So Mean Streets, The Great, and Dirty Dancing. Those are all of our recommends all within the world of the leopard though right so it's we're, we're there it's we're like connected. each hour of the leopard right there it, it, absolutely there you go that's perfect the mean streets of um donna fugata um yeah uh so so we've already mentioned a couple times uh we we are talking about the leopard um or uh il uh gattopardo um in italian uh which actually literally translates to the serval um and this movie in different places at different names uh it's directed by uh lucino visconti is written by him and suzo chichi d'amico and pasquale festa campanal and enrico medioli and massimo franciosa that i there was a lot of writers attached to this um but all the all the uh, like documentary stuff, it's uh, Suzo Chichi D'Amico seems to be the one who did a lot of the the work and kind of kept everybody grouped. It is based on the novel by Giuseppe Tomasi di Lampedusa. Our cast is uh, well, they're from all over the place. To be perfectly honest, um, so Burt Lancaster, uh, big brute of a man, Burt Lancaster plays Don Fabrizio, uh, the Prince of Selena. Um, Burt Lancaster previously showing up on the show when we covered The Killers. Um, Alan Delon plays Prince Tancredi, uh, Falconry, who was the nephew of the prince uh, previously on our Le Samurai episode. Have either of you two seen Le Samurai? No, not. I haven't. Okay, uh, just uh, this is like on uh, like on air like s- stuff to share. Uh, as we get closer to the Drive episode, do yourself a favor and watch Le Samurai. Great. Um, Cool. Because you're going to see some sick connections between those two movies. Into it. Okay, great. Um, uh, continuing on, I'll kind of fly through these. We have uh, Claudia. Oh, and by the way, Al- Alan Delon is, is French. Um, Burt Lancaster is American. Uh, Claudio Cardinal plays Angelica. Uh, she's assumed to be betrothed of Prince Tancredi. Uh, Paolo uh, Stapa plays Don Calergo Sadara, that would be her dad. Rena Morelli plays the princess of Selena. Uh, her name is Stella. Shout out to that name. Uh, Romalo Valley plays Father Perone. Terence Hill plays Count Cavagliari. Uh, Leslie French plays the Cavalier Chevalier, who was, and he's a British dude. And then um, uh, the last one I want to mention is Lucilla Mordaki, who plays Conchetta. He, uh, she is one of the daughters of the prince, the one who wants to be with Tancredi, uh, but that just doesn't go her way. Um, Anybody I left out that maybe want to throw some? No, I think some, you covered some, that some well. 
Yeah, good job. Like I am there's, clapping to you without making noise. There's a lot. There's a lot there that we could talk about. Um, so uh, our good friend uh, Lucino Visconti has uh, three other films in the book. They are Obsession or Obsession from 1943, Senso from 1954, and Rocco and His Brothers. From 1960, uh, this film was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Costume Design, which it would lose to Cleopatra. Um, haven't seen Cleopatra, but I know that there was a lot of money thrown at that movie. A lot so of I'm money. I'm surprised to hear that that won. Although, uh, um, among prestigious awards, it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Uh, so there you go. Good for that's you, a big award. That's a huge it's, award. It's, it's, a big, yeah, it's a big one. Um uh, at the Golden Globes, uh, our good friend Alan DeLon was up for Most Promising Male Newcomer. Um, there were three winners of that, one of which is uh, a bit of a contentious choice in the uh, Best Picture cast world. Albert Finney and Tom Jones took Most Promising Newcomer that year <laughs> <laughs> at the Golden Globes. I've never seen Tom Jones, so I have Don't. no idea. Oh, it's, oh, it's a hoot. So I, I have to see it, it now, I do not right? recommend it. Yes, you do. <laughs> Do I need to do like an audio commentary so that you can watch along as I discover this It will this, just, it'll this just movie. be you crying as things are trying to be funny. Oh, I disagree, Britt. I disagree. Is it a comedy? Like, I, I don't. Yes. I, okay. Oh, then I don't want to see it. Let's it be real. Tries. I don't like comedies. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, the National Board of Review uh, put it in its top five uh, foreign films of the year, but it would ultimately lose out to eight and a half. Um, and then bringing back the new sight and sound poll, it is currently tied at number 90 on the critic side with a bunch of films. Uh, two of them are Yee Yee uh, and Parasite uh, in terms of what where it's ranked. Um, and it is in the Criterion Collection. Big surprise. Um, so uh, did anybody find any review stuff they want to share? Everything I found was very long. Like, yeah. <laughs> very similar. I found Just nothing like, like super. Well, I, uh, you, you know me. If I find something from my boy Bosley Crowther, I'm going uh, to read it. And I did. Because uh, this is when he was thriving there at the New York Times. Um see if i can find that <clears throat> the uh the luster i need to uh get this voice because it, it takes a lot of energy out of me the film that lucino visconti and his star burt lancaster have made from giuseppe de lampedusa's fine novel the leopard is a stunning visualization of a mood of melancholy and nostalgia at the passing of an age sentiment and sadness whisper through it like soft mediterranean breeze that flutters the curtains in the windows of the palace in the stark sicilian hills on the outskirts of palermo as the unhurried story begins they waft through the slow and stately tableau of incidents in the stilted baroque life of a noble sicilian family in the mid-19th century and it goes on and on and on. Um, but uh, it, he gets to the end and he says, um, uh, the, the, uh, the, ba uh, the ball at the finish appropriately supplements this remarkably vivid panoramic and eventually morbid show. I just wonder how much Americans will know or care about what's going on, how much we will yield to a, to a nostalgia very similar to that in Gone with the Wind. So I, 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 we don't have to get into it now, but I really liked the idea of how much we would care about this story, uh, because that definitely is an uphill battle uh, with, with with this movie. Um, uh, it is not on the IMDb Top 250. It has a 98-degree critical score and an 89% audience score. Um, hey, do you, do you like lists? Love them. 
That's a contentious question. Sometimes. There are days. It, okay. So, um, well, speaking of our boy, Marty Scorsese, I decided to um, pull, again, sticking with the sight and sound stuff. Uh, so, because I guess he's he's Marty Scorsese, he doesn't get 10 films, he gets 12 films. Of course. Um, so, uh, wow. I want to read, and now these aren't listed uh, uh, in a sequential order, these are just alphabetically, but these are the 12 films that he considers to be the best films of all time. So th- this was his submission for Sight and Sound. So um, some of these will be familiar. So uh, the first one is 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, Eight and a Half from Fellini. Uh, Ashes and Diamonds, a film by Andres Wadja, uh, which I have not seen. Um, uh, Citizen Kane, big movie, probably heard of it, I'm guessing. Um, the Leopard, which is why we're here talking today. Um, Paisan uh, by Roberto Rossellini. Um, movie very recently covered on the show, The Red Shoes. Have you heard of it? No. Powell and Pressburger? Crazy. No. That, that, that made his list. Um, the River by Jean Renoir. Uh, Salvatore Giuliano by Francesco Rossi. Uh, epic and much contested John Ford film, The Searchers, also made his list. Um, Ujetsu Monogatari, uh, which is a Mizuguchi film. And the last one, uh, also an episode of A Thousand One by One, Vertigo. So those are the 12 movies that um, Scorsese listed to sight and sound as the best films ever made. Um, For a list that's the best films ever made, of course, it would be very pretentious. And 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 obviously there's some on there I haven't, seen um but there are some very kind of classic standard kind of answers on there um i i do so i'm not going to read the the whole plot synopsis but i'm actually going to just read a little bit here from wikipedia because um this might have been better for me to to have read prior to watching the movie uh the first time at least um so really quickly, in, in Sicily in the year 1860, Don Fabrizio, uh, Prince of Selina, enjoys the customary comforts of, of privileges of his ancestry. War has broken out between the armies of Francis II of the two Sicilies and the insurgent volunteer redshirts of Giuseppe Garibaldi. Among the rebels is the prince's nephew, Tancredi, whose romantic politics the prince hesitantly accepts with some whimsical sympathy. Upset by the uprising, the prince departs to Palermo. Garibaldi's army subjugate the city and exp- appropriate Sicily from the Bourbons. The prince muses upon the inevitability of change with the middle class displacing the ruling class while on the surface everything remains the same. Refusing to bend to the tide of changes, the prince departs to a summer place at Donna Fugata. Um, and that's kind of the opening. He gets there. We meet Angelica. There's a whole thing with him kind of watching this younger generation try to find their footing, etc., etc. Um uh, so there are also, there are two cuts of this. Well, actually, there are three cuts, but there are only two cuts you can find. Um, and I'm assuming you all watched the three-hour Italian version yes. of this. Yes. Um, and t- so today I watched the slightly shorter um, American version, which actually had Burt Lancaster redub his own his own voice in American, um, which it's 20 minutes shorter and... Changes are very few and far between. One notable cut, they cut the card scene before um, the Chevalier tells him about they wanted the to be Senate, a senator. Yeah. So that's, that, that scene's gone. But for the most part, I, I couldn't notice a whole lot of cuts between then and there. That seems um, like a really important scene to have. Like, I, that that actually seems like an integral scene to to the whole thing. Why? 
I don't know where you would cut anything in this movie, to be perfectly honest. It's three hours long, but I feel like in order to tell the story, you kind of need that. You could have tightened some things up in places, but losing the whole card scene is an odd choice. Yeah. So, um, in terms of, of, of launching in, um, Brittany, you're our resident uh, library scholar of, of sorts. Um, did you happen to fit in uh, a read or a listen of The Leopard? So it did. Um, I didn't. Hot damn. That's amazing. Um, but I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing because I found it very, very boring. And I'm sorry, I just couldn't bring myself to do it because uh, when we are recording, uh, it's a very busy time. So I, I think I listened to most of it. Um, and it's it's relatively similar, uh, a, a lot of it. Some of the things that are changed, like there's an entire um, epilogue that I didn't listen to, but I read about. Uh, yeah. that goes into his his actual death and what happens to everybody after this whole story unfolds. And instead of him talking about how, oh, my, uh, you know, my wealth will be divided seven ways between my family, you actually kind of witness his wealth being divided amongst his his children and no additional money is coming in. So he's losing all of his money. But it it was not for me. It was very dry, and I'm I'm not a big historical fiction uh, uh, person, or yeah, because it is historical fiction. Um, I, I don't I don't enjoy reading it as much, so I I ended up I, I stopped <laughs> I stopped. Well, kudos for 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 doing it at all. To be to be perfectly honest, um, and and you know and in between the views is when I sort of, I, I dove into the special features on this and thank God there was like a, there was a historian on there who talked about the, uh, the resurgimento, which is the, essentially the, the resurgence. Um, and, and for anybody just the, like the briefest, I'm really paring this down. So basically prior to this moment, um, uh, after the f- actual fall of like the Roman Empire, uh, Italy and Sicily, they were basically like divided up between a bunch of foreign powers and around 1815, there was a big sort of push for Italy to kind of unify again, expelling the kind of foreign powers out. And then uh, once those foreign powers had been sort of like pushed out, then the war turned back inward and sort of like who is going to um, grab hold of it. And there were three political factions, uh, the Republicans, the monarchists, and then like Garibaldi and his crew. Um, and uh, so it it took about 55 years and so this movie is really at that big like turn um at that point where Garibaldi and them are sort of making their their run um by the way also the battle of palermo was not in the book that was an addition to the movie um but kind of helps showing that that how the tides are turning i okay i have a question for you if we're just going to dive right into this please so this is a very it is a, a, a very um, slow-paced film. And in it, we don't get a lot of exposition, uh, especially regarding Italian politics. And I'm curious if either of... Because I, I looked at it as it could be two different ways. Why do you think there was no exposition about uh, the historical aspects of this movie within the movie? Do you think it's because it is an Italian movie basically well it's it's a 20th century movie fox 
like it's 20th century, right? They they like funded it. It was a Hollywood film filmed by an Italian director. Uh, it, it, it kind it was kind of both. Yeah. Um, because it was also I think it was called Titanus Films, uh, and Goffredo Goffredo Lombardo is actually the main producer of the film, who is an Italian. Yes. So. Um, s- sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, well, it's funny because I actually the the woman who was doing that little history lesson that was on the Criterion Collection, um, she even said that this is a this is a period of Italian history that most Italians don't even really okay. know all that much about. And then I was trying to think, and and maybe this is not a great example, uh, but like so the Spanish American War is something that like I if you if you did a movie and didn't give me any any context at all or exposition, I'd be like. Okay, this is important. I know it. I know it, but I don't. But like, I don't. I can't quite grasp on the why. And I don't know if maybe this is because. And then I was thinking about it. Well, maybe that's because it's pinned between these. Like, like there's the Revo- the American Revolution and the Civil War, and those are the ones that we we spend time in high school learning about. Because they're I, for some reason they've been decided as the most interesting or or relevant wars, even though shouldn't we learn about them all? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then my question is, why do you think there was no exposition? If even if that has if the historian says like this is something that Italians aren't even that familiar with. Um, wh- why weren't we given exp- any explanation about it? I have a I have a theory. I don't think it's a particularly good theory, but I think it, it, I was like, oh, this could be the reason why they didn't. But I'm just wondering if either of you thought about that or questioned it. Yeah, well, one, it would have to be four hours. Which would be a big there. problem, and you <laughs> what? know, what are you I, talking about? you know, I, I think it's, you know, we gave you enough to put the pieces together, and if you'd like, go do some research. You know, a much lesser movie that does something similar. I mean, again, much lesser. I'm not comparing the movies. I'm just kind of um, cavalcade. And one of the big issues I think with that movie is that you know they just throw the boar war at you and expect you to kind of know about it with nothing and then move they're in they're out it's at least this kind of goes into the politics a little bit but I I think it's a story about young versus old and kind of transition with the history as the background and not necessarily the driver yeah I I think that's a, a really sound answer that like you know, theoretically, it could be any ward, any place. And like, it's about this sort of watching a shift in, I don't know, in culture and politics and, and, and whatever. Um, I will say that watching the American cut today was interesting because, and again, I'm, I obviously watched the original Italian version first. Um, but listening to it uh, in the dubbed version, I was able to get a little bit more, especially at the beginning when he's reading the paper, because I'm sure you both get this too, taking notes on a foreign really film, hard. It's a bit trickier. It's so and when hard. When that beginning, when it's just, I'm reading this letter in like the newspaper and what's going on, I'm like, uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. Um, so there was a lot going on. Fun, it's funny you mentioned that though. The American version does have a scroll at the beginning. Oh, um, really? So we get the whole, we get, yeah, we get the very nice, lovely, um, languid, let's look at how beautiful this building is and the very great steady stuff with the Nina Rota music uh, over the beginning. But then that ends, and before we actually go inside the house where we're, uh, the um, the the, the church, priest, I don't the priest is yeah, is doing his thing. Um, we get a little scroll, just and it's like fifteen seconds long, but it's just enough to give you. It, it basically says what I said, like wow, uh, it's this time, and 
as much as I, I usually don't feel like that's necessary in a movie like this, I, I kind of appreciated it on, on the on the rewatch, having just a brief, a brief a thing at the beginning. But what sucked about that, like I want I wanted that background information, but then it goes, a prince, the prince of Selena, known as the leopard. I'm like, no, oh, oh don't, that's don't sucks. do that. Oh, that's yeah, the that, worst. That, oh, see that so, that, that, that like, takes the whole like, thing not worth it though. <clears throat> yeah, I, I know it's it's like it, it had good intentions and then just fucking just like, it, it threw the baby out with the bath. Absolutely. Absolutely. They See, they really it, needed to pound that into our skulls. Us, they were us. like, Americans are dumb. I, I was just about to say, as dumb Americans. <laughs> they don't like to read too much and they don't like to read into things. Um, the thing that I thought it could be, because I think both of you have absolutely, like, that's probably what it is. That makes a lot more sense than what I thought it might be today. But as I was watching it, I thought maybe this doesn't matter because it's actually just being used as a device for us to understand how the aristocracy feels because they don't really know what's going on. And they're so detached from it that they're continuing to go on their own holidays, even though there's like people are, 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 hanging uh people in the streets if they're aristocracy people are being shot people like entire towns are being destroyed as we saw in in that that so we only like understand what's happening in the revolution through tancredi so sorry somebody was just calling me um through tancredi so therefore we don't actually really understand it and neither do the Neither do the aristocrats. So I thought potentially it was a device for us to to kind of understand what shoes they're in um, and also to realize that they're so detached from the world that whatever's happening doesn't feel like it's happening to them. Well, and I think that that sense of detachment really comes in. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's later into the film, and I actually didn't say this actor um, but the guy who plays Chichio, um, who's kind of the hunter guy, yeah. um, there's a great scene between him and uh, and uh, the Don, the Prince of Selena, um, where he's like, "How did you vote?" And he's like, "No, I voted no, but like I couldn't." And uh, that guy kind of owns that oh, scene. Oh, that scene, scene is fantastic. Ch- Chichio um, goes full out. Yeah, and and like really, really sells it. But it it's that sense of. Um, it, it's it's interesting because I don't know how well the movie does what I'm about to say, but like I, there's this idea of Burt Lancaster, maybe like maybe he's kind of going through an existential kind of crisis, and he is trying to maybe see a little bit more of the other side of things, right? And and so having this conversation with with Chicho was was really interesting, and and I think we could say too that a lot of his experience at the ball and looking around all of this opulence and listening to these people uh, talk about things that are, I don't want to say aren't important, but the way that they're talking about them and trivial, 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 trivializing it um, was, was interesting. Yeah. That's that scene with Chicho as he realizes what, you know, he's like, well, I voted no, you told everybody yet. Well, no, he first, you told everybody. Yes. So what do you think to vote? Yes. What do you think happened? And then he's like, well, who'd you, I said, no. And the look on the prince's face is really great as he's trying to process how it was 512 to zero when the, you know, because Chichio's set up as kind of a leader of the community, how he voted no, so what's going on? And I, I, I think that scene really leads in, you know, I mean, it's like an hour later, but the ball scene is where I feel that the most when he's talking to people and you see him just getting 
just kind of wandering at points because he's so lost because he's realizing that he doesn't know what's going on as much. It, at least he comes to the realization that he doesn't know what's going on because he hasn't known what was going on the entire time. He just... He, he chose to feel like he was elevated in his ignorance. That's, that's kind of how I felt every time he was in a, in a scene with uh, other people. Like when, when everybody was voting and there's all the, you know, everything's happening where the band keeps going off and blah, blah, blah. He, he seems so detached and so self... Like he, like he is floating above everything, um, just from the way that scene unfolds, from how he's standing, how he's reacting to it all. So that for me, that's very grounding. I um, I actually love the ballroom scene because of of Burt Lancaster's performance during it and the realization and and his like depression setting in basically as as this frivolity is happening around him. I I thought it worked really well for me. Uh, I think I might be on the um, on the opposite end of the spectrum than uh, both of you with this film because I actually enjoyed it. No, no, no. It, it's this is a true. I I, I have a uh, a quote unquote replacement on the ready, but I I I don't personally know where I'm gonna uh, fall because I'm already like having the conversation about the movie is is bringing me up because the rewatch actually left a lot to be desired um and it, it definitely felt I don't know it, it 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 felt the pace more this time um but that that purposeful sort of languid pacing um throughout the beginning I, I didn't mind uh, at all um and uh I really because all of those moments really kind of have their time to shine. I, 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 I'm, I know we're all over the place, and that's actually I love when the conversations go like this. Um, when they when they arrive in in Donna Fugata and um they they get out of the coach and they go into the church and they have that moment. I mean, it without overstating it, I would say um having them listen to this 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 the the ceremony going on and they are covered in dust they are and they just look like relics they just look like this this is so old and needs to be forgotten the way that you're living and that slow 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 pan across they obviously like these are the richest wealthiest you know people in the land and yet they look terrible and i loved it i loved that moment so much oh yeah no i fully agree yeah i think that moment's fantastic and it made me i actually rewound i ended up rewinding a lot in this movie um when they stopped for lunch you know in the middle of a war zone and um tan said he was like oh wash off and just the dust was over everybody they're trying to like you know it oh you're trying to feel relevant still when you're just so clueless to what's going on and it just by the time they get to the church they're just I mean, they look like statues. It's it's fantastic. They look like the statues that we see in the beginning with the broken faces, you know, the weathered marble. It's just, I mean, visually, this movie's fantastic. And they yeah. do really just smart things throughout that, you know, I mean, this three-hour movie probably took me about four hours to get through because I kept going back to things that I was like, oh, oh, shit. And I think that's great. Like, I, I, I had... I had way more fun with it than I expected to. I, when I started watching it, the first scene, I went, oh my fucking God, I turned it off and thought, I am going to hate this movie. Like, I, I just, the scene, the scene opening with them 
like doing prayer, I was I for some reason I just thought, oh no, I how am I going to get through three hours of this? And I I genuinely became very invested in it. So the the um the Battle of Palermo got me fully locked into this movie. One because it just made me think about Gangs of New York because I mean essentially the same setup. But I was like, oh, Okay, and that because that gave me more, you know, be, between the two watches, I did more research. I watched the first one kind of clean. That gave me context more for what was going on, watching the people of the community get involved and just the stakes get breaking into the church and just everything going on. It, it gave me way more context, and that really helped me get fully all in. Well, and, and the the mentioning Scorsese and uh, and. Um, Gangs of New York. I, the I couldn't help but see all of the influence in this movie. I mean, the the slow. The, there aren't a lot of long takes, but um, in the ball specifically, I definitely got taking her through the uh, through the Copa oh, and yeah. Goodfellas. Um, and then those long, luscious views of like the the valleys and the orchards in Italy. I mean, it, like Coppola straight up just took those shots and put them. In Godfather one and two, um, I mean Don Ciccio is in Godfather two. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> um, so and 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 I it also you know I, I try not to get too bogged down in the importance of a film in terms of how it influenced others, but you can I mean with I I I you know behind the scenes I you know I just finished editing M uh, and uh, and we we talked a lot about the influence that this movie would have in terms of what it was doing and there's a lot of stuff in this too whether or not it's huge and and as as popular as some of the other films that we're, we've talked about maybe not but some of the directors that we really enjoy have definitely taken from this movie and uh in in, in one way or another I mean Scorsese too did his own period piece film like this with the age of innocence so definitely it, it the the stealing and nitpicking from this movie it definitely <laughs> occurred yeah there were so many different things where i was like oh oh i've seen this <laughs> and the it started at palermo because literally as they were you know as the garibaldi's crew were you know waiting for um you know the king's army it literally just felt like them coming out for that that fight that battle and i was just and, and that, and I, just, I love that scene just because I think it gives so much context and it, it gives us a lot more about transcend, tens, all right. Tancredi, right. you know, Tancredi, once I figured out that he was the one who got injured and ran into the church and you kind of, you know, and his character who I really got it all in on his character early. I don't know if it was because how handsome he was. I don't know what it was. But so I was. handsome. <laughs> he did look better with the, with the bandage. It oh, made I him look more mysterious, bandage. like an Italian Come pirate. On, so I wish he would have yeah. kept it a little bit. But <laughs> you know, I, I I really love that character and the way he kind of moved in the world. And you know, he was from the privilege, but he was also you know, like you had said earlier, but he was really our only context to the knowledge of what was actually going on outside. And you know, he'd come in and out with his buddies, and um, I, I really liked his character and the way he existed in this movie. I mean, he was a dick to Con- Conchetta, but hey. Poor Conchetta. Poor Conchetta. Oh, guy, I, I think I have to tell you, my unsung hero is Conchetta. Wow, that, that is stellar. That's stellar. <laughs> I, I just have to let you know right now because we just, she, I, 
truly loved her performance. I thought she was so believable as this aristocratic woman who was raised to be pious and demure and quiet, but she has been brought up to fail because the world is changing around her, but she doesn't have the ability to change or to shift. So she's she's set up to be disappointed and unhappy her entire life. And I I loved her performance and I, I just, oh, poor Conchetta, I just want her to be happy, and she's never going to be happy. No, but marrying her first cousin <laughs> would not make her happy. You know, she she should have she should have got down with the count. You know, the yeah. count seemed like a good dude, but calling he did. But he did. what did Angelica say? Falling in love with the count after Tancredi is like drinking water after having Marsala. I, was, <laughs> I have issues with her, but that's fine. We'll get to that later. <laughs> So there's only I'm gonna tell you there's only one wrong answer for unsung hero and um uh it's it's the mother character. Um <laughs> listen, uh I don't know if it's just the way that it was written or or her performance, but in the scene where she is in bed crying about the marriage, I I, I thankfully I'm downstairs and I was watching this when my kids were gone. But I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You need to stop talking. And then when, he, when Burt Lancaster gets pissed, I was like, yes. In, in, a, in a movie of really good performances, she really stood out as what happened. Like, because I think they casted everything well, even Burt Lancaster, which at the time was absurd, but he pulled it off. What was <laughs> she doing? Like, did, did, did. Like, was it, like, the director's friend's cousin? I don't, I don't because know. Because she, she was a non-factor, and she should have... there. Just, like, the way things were set up, she sh- felt like she should have been more pivotal or at least somewhat involved, and instead she was just kind of a person on screen every half hour. But at the time, she wouldn't have been involved. She really wouldn't have had any say in what happened to her children or even who they married, right? She she was a, sure. the wife of a man, so she was basically property. Therefore, this was probably the only thing she had to look forward to. Uh, I don't think her performance was great. But I can understand why she was so upset in that moment because it was the one thing maybe she felt like she had a little tiny bit of control over and and then it was all taken away from her because oh I got so mad when she called Angelica a slut I was like how dare you and I liked when I didn't like it but then Bert Lancaster said she's not a slut she might be one day and it's like fuck you Bert she can be a slut if she wants to slut era forever come on but yeah uh when um, f- just full disclosure, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. I'm just gonna be totally real with both of you right now. When it's that uh that first big dinner and we've met Angelica and she's asking him about the stories and at one point it's a close up on her and she licks her lips. I was like, I would die for this woman. I I there's there is not a goddamn thing I wouldn't do for for, for she. she oof. There was an enchi- there was an enchantingness to her that where. Other, you know, she had a power behind her. She loved to bite her lips, and she really that did. really that annoyed me. She would be like, <gasps> and she she's bit them so often. I was like, stop, make a different <laughs> choice, please. She um, was. I think it was an effective incredible. choice. 
Okay, well, there you go. There you go. It was effective for you. For me, it was really annoying, but that's okay. Holy smokes. No, Holy she's smokes. great, though. She was great. Did I have issues with her character? Absolutely. But I also thought she was more interesting in the book than she was on screen. See, I... I, her, I really like... Oh, go ahead. Her character was interesting because at the fr- in the beginning, she was just kind of like, beautiful daughter. By the end, at you know, at that last scene at the ball when she's talking about the pale green dress... There's a layered character. So the way her character like progressed and had an arc in something that when we first met her, I just thought she'd, you know, be the way Tans Creddy gets money. And the fact that she becomes a different character, I I really loved and I I, I think the actress did a great job. I want to ask you both a question that's going to be hard to answer, but I really want you to I want you to think about it. Um about our, our boy Burt Lancaster, um, who uh who towers over the entire country of Italy in this movie? Um, and actually, I I do love that. That's kind of how how that that is. Um, if we want to throw a percentage on it, so like uh, Burt Lancaster's performance, how much of his performance is rooted in the sideburns? Like, how much does that do for? Is it is it like? Because I I'm giving it like a solid thirty five percent of the hundred percent of his performance. Like it's it is a substantial part of they're pretty what important. Um, see, I was gonna go fifteen because they're oh, okay. because I I think that you got it that it's fifteen in the sideburns and then another fifteen in the height, right? So that he towers okay, over everybody. Sure. sure, sure, yeah. So my initial thought was about forty percent because he he keeps it groomed oh, in a way like his. His his quaff is different than everybody. So much like he, his whole his whole look, and I think the the sideburns really just hold it down. Like they, no matter what timeline I see sideburns, they always feel dated. So it always keeps him rooted in something older. I I do want to. There's one. I mean, other than being confused historically about the film, I, there's a nitpick that I want to throw out there, and it, and this is like a true nitpick, but it does actually it did it didn't. It, it it worked kind of negatively on the rewatch as well, and so we have that kind of funny scene where uh, where uh, the Prince of Selena is in the bath. The power scene, in and he's like, "That was a weird, yeah. weird power choice." Um, but you know, so Burt Lancaster, you know, very burly buff dude. We can see, I mean, notice noticeable abs in in this uh, in this bath scene, and. And then we see him later in the movie where he's at the dance and it seems like he's like he's literally going to like he's going to go walk off and die. And I wish I like I just don't it's hard to buy. It's hard to buy this s- strong man is walking off into the sunset to die because I I guess I haven't really seen an an ailment or like is it just the weight of the transition or like it was just it was a tough it was a tough sell at the end cuz I'm like this guy like could just take over Italy if he wanted to on his own. So I don't know. I, I had a similar thought because the bath scene was just, you know, when the priest comes in and rub his back, like it was a weird power choice, but he was huge and looking like all these soldiers, he's six inches above. Like it just, I agree. It didn't make sense. Like that bath scene needed to come out. They needed to make him look a little frailer because I love the last scene and him walking off in the kneeling and all of a sudden he's limping for some reason. But you know, it's hard when he has a, 10 pack an hour or two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I so, agree um, though. I had the, I had the same note on that. So that's actually my favorite shot. Him, uh, walking, walking away at the end. It's a great <laughs> shot. Every single one for me. 
Um, but no, no, and no, and that's the thing is like it's a beautiful shot, and I know exactly what they're going for. It's just I think having he's just he's so stout, like he's so virile. But that works for me. That actually for me that worked because I feel like he was. Throughout the film, um, how he showed power was was through his stature, right? You know, when when somebody came in to do anything, he was always towering over them. In the weird bath scene where he had the the priest like rub him Order. down, he was he was making him uncomfortable and showing like, oh, this is my prowess. I do have, um, you know, I, I am towering over you, for lack of a better way to say it. But I think at the end, especially when he's in the ball and he's still towering over everybody, but he's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, at, like his performances as the night goes on. And for me, it's not necessarily the death of, of him physically, but it is where he realizes I can no longer keep up with them. I don't have the heart to do it any longer. I don't have the, the capacity to understand how this world is changing. I'm far too stuck in my ways and I am just going to walk off into the distance and die now because it, that's where I'm headed. So it did work for me personally, but um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love his, you know, it said a couple, he said it, um, if we want everything to stay the same, everything must change. And, you know, that last scene is him fully owning it, that the thing that has to change is him. But, you know, it's just, he's shredded. <laughs> but he I, do, I love that last scene. I think it's beautiful. And I, I they, 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 they make you sit with it to the point, they really let make you sit in it and let you know what's going on. They don't let you skip that. And I very much appreciate that. I also love that there's a cat in that last shot. Well, yeah, the cats show up in the most random places. Like when the sex worker is holding a kitten, when he goes to hey. see her, she just has a kitten. I'm like, why do you have a kitten there? The cat at the end? And I'm like, the cat will survive. Even if you don't, Burt Lancaster, that cat will still be a stray cat running around Italy. Um, two two random things I'd love to, to bring up. There is a, a moment uh, when we were kind of the battle of Palermo is still happening. And um, I think Tancredi is asking a question before he goes to run off and do something. And there's an extra in the background and uh, something happens. Oh no. I, and uh, he literally opens his eyes and looks around and then shuts them again as if oh, I should have been dead that whole time. Um, uh, I highly recommend you to rewatch the battle of Palermo just to watch it because it it's, it's so great. Um, but I learned something and I like outside of the, um, the Risorgimento and the, the that whole part of Italy history, I never knew. And Britt, I think you, I'm going to guess with your background, you might have known this. I did not know that dance cards were a real thing. Yeah. I didn't know they were a real thing. Yep. Dance cards were I a real thing. thrilled to learn that. And then I paused and did a little research on dance cards. I was like, holy shit. I mean, women had no say over anything in their lives, but damn it, they did have say over their dance cards. Thank God they gave them that at the ball. And I, and I will say um, that there was, when I was in grad school, I got to work with a woman named Naira Pullen, who's one of only a few period dance experts like in the country because nobody studies this shit, which is unfortunate. And um, we got to work with her when I was doing... Um, dangerous liaisons and so we, we learned this really tricky dance and it took us like three hours to learn it it was a big group of us and then at the end she goes okay so now we know the choreography now what i want you to do is to have a conversation with your group as you do it and you're like oh fuck. <laughs> what 
but like watching all of the people dance and talk because like this was where the mingling and gossiping happened it and like I also love that they had those rooms off to the side but like these moments where you could like gossip and and like find out more about somebody um and because like the the dialogue between Angelica and uh the prince like that's just a small microcosm of it but then like all of the other people when they're all moving and there's the it the hum that like that hum of conversation throughout that entire ball was just really really well really nice detail lived in it felt real it wasn't you know that quiet background while the while the focus talks it was it was really well done it felt like a ball yeah like you had trouble hearing it at times I loved the ball. I thought the ball was it was my favorite part of the entire the entire movie. I it was just so well done. The costumes were incredible. And I actually oh, have that- a bit of an issue with it not winning for costumes. I get it. Cleopatra had like a lot of costumes and a lot of money thrown at it. But but these costumes were fantastic. Those dresses were all unique. <laughs> Nobody was wearing the same thing. It was it was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he, and, uh, and I, oh, I had the name of him and now I don't, uh, but the customer would work with him quite a bit, uh, in the future. Um, and, and actually it had for a bunch, uh, Piero Tossi, that's his name. Um, he worked with, uh, Visconti quite a bit. Um, the, uh, but the, the ball, I, I, I love too, that they like, they don't just shot like the, there's the long lines to get food. There was, I would they, like the, the room where all of the chamber pots were, I was like, Oh my God, that's just fucking I hated like, that you can, just personally and you know you know how hot it is too in that fucking you know how room much because it every stinks. so it's just like oh my god um but like kind like well but that's there too that's it's that it's it's a, there, they, it's a lived in you know the, the, it's I'm not historically someone who likes period pieces but this felt so lived in that I was in it I was in on it because it didn't feel like it was cutting corners to be real well, I did read in one place, I, I, so I'm not sure this could not be true, but I did read that they restored <laughs> actual palaces and, and estate homes for this film, which is probably what gives it such a lived-in quality because it, it is actually on, like, in well, it a wasn't, place It wasn't just happened. stucco that was made for the day. It was hundred-of-year-old yeah. buildings. Yeah, yeah. like, they, they actually, yeah. the fresco they looked at, they actually went back and, and revitalized that fresco, which, of course, I was like, oh, they're doing all the Roman gods. And then I thought, of course, they're fucking doing the Roman gods. It's Italy. Oh, my God, Brittany. Like, I really had that moment where I was like, oh, all the Roman gods. It was so stupid. I felt like an idiot. No, no, and, and you, you read that, that, yeah, they didn't, every... Every every location was practical. Yeah, uh, they didn't shoot in any in any they, like Chinichetta, which they could have. They didn't they didn't shoot there at all. Um, but it probably won't surprise you to to know that um our L- L- Lombardo, the producer, um, Titanus Films was bankrupted because of this movie. Um, and he didn't kind of get any kind of prominence again until like the eighties. Um, so this film like destroyed that company. Um, it oh. it didn't. It, yeah. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. It's cool that they and, restored and, and, a bunch of historical places though. Oh, absolutely. And then and the interview with him on the Criterion, like he he it's the be- like he says like this is the best thing I've ever produced, but it absolutely tanked our production company. So That's wild. And I mean when you're when you're restoring places that are so, you know, when they t- talk about the wings of the house that nobody even goes to because if you know all the rooms in your house, it's not big enough. Uh, you know, when you're restoring that, that's that's quite 
that's quite excessive and very, and it really works to build this world and make it feel just so over the top and just separate. Like people, the fight over the middle class trying to take over and your house is so big, you don't even know what goes on in it. I took personal offense to the whole, we don't know all the rooms in our house because I live in a small apartment in a big city and I would kill for for having two bathrooms and two bedrooms that would be it would be so nice to have a couple more rooms so I I personally took offense to that but also like eat the rich so not really on the aristocracy side (laughs) yeah yeah I I, even though this movie is very pro-aristocrat like this is actually a pretty like conservative film in how they they portray the aristocracy they're in a, a relatively good light they're no, it's funny i i love that you say that too because uh because visconti actually as like as a human uh came from money but then later in life considered himself a communist which is which is interesting because i and, and not that you can't come from money and then decide to be a communist, but then if you look at the kind of movies he's making, like if you you keep that in mind and then you see this movie, it's like, ah, I, I feel like you're being pretty pretty good to the the people with money and power in this film. I actually have a quote about that that I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring this up, but now I can because <laughs> Lampedusa also came from aristocracy, but he was Sicilian. And uh, as far as I, Visconti was not. Um, so one was Southern, one was Northern, right? And so the the quote I found from an essay was, the convergence and divergence of Lampedusa and Visconti are particularly interesting here. Lampedusa was a Sicilian aristocrat, deeply skeptical about progress. Visconti was a Northern aristocrat, deeply dedicated to it. But Lampedusa was too thoughtful a conservative to believe that he could simply cling to the past, and Visconti was too intelligent and radical to believe all changes were for the better. Which I found very interesting because they were from two wildly different philosophies, but somehow those two things kind of came around and melded in a similar idea. I just really liked that quote. I thought it was interesting that these two very, very different thinking people could create a story from the same thing. Yes. That's it. That's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so, Brittany, you said your favorite shot was of him kind of at the end walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say that mine was, is the family covered in dust in the church? That's fair. For uh, a second. Joey, what, what's what's yours? So in uh, the Battle of Palermo, when there's the scene of just the alleyway, there's the little girl kind of slowly walking around, walking with the destruction right before um, um, Garibaldi's guys get there. I love it. I thought it was beautiful and just, you know, what what this is actually doing to the people fighting it while everyone, you know, while the prince is going on his summer vacation, this, this, this girl's home is ruined based off what's going on. And it, it, that shot really got me. I, I literally paused it and watched and just kind of stared at it. And I love how, how protective they are. They like, they make sure that they kind of, you know, get her, get her back. Yep. Um, yeah, that was definitely on the short list as well. Um, and also like, I, the, like the, I'm not gonna lie the opening, the entire opening where we're just seeing Beautiful. Names, like the way that it's, it's, 
it really slowly kind of seduces you into this world. And then, I mean, and then, yeah, they get banged over the head with all the praying and stuff. But, like, the actual opening, it's just so It's so pretty. The the landscapes and everything, they (sighs) are just really, really enticing and just, you want to be there. The landscapes, the set decorations, the costuming, the coloring, it's a beautiful movie. It is, it is like a painting. It's gorgeous. Very much so. And then, um, and so, so we have the wonderful pick of Conchetta as, uh, as Brit's, um, unsung hero. Joey, uh, who who are you? Whose praises are you going to sing? So I went with the location scouts because every place they went was fantastic and, it felt, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but how just real and everything, you know, the, the movie becoming a character was just, it works so well. And whether it was one of the palaces or Garibaldi's men's, like, you know, blocking the road, everything felt right. And I think they just knocked that out of the park because, you know, if those if those details don't work, this it's, it's hard to get engaged with this because it is slow. And I, I think that was so important and it works so well. So I think... That's the unsung hero for me. Uh, I was gonna be, I was gonna be snarky, and I was gonna pick um, the Russian actor they wanted to play the lead, who was too drunk to play it. Um, and thank, thank you for not doing it, so that our boy Burt Lancaster could come in and and uh, and be be the Princess Selena. Um, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not do that. I'm gonna go with uh, Giuseppe Rattuno, who was the cinematographer, who who shot all those locations. It's great. Um, uh, cause, cause, and I'm a movie like this just seems like it would scream like a, a best cinematography nomination. Yeah. It didn't. It's wild didn't, that didn't it didn't. Yeah. That surprises um, me. Yeah. And, and I, I, I just wonder too, if this movie was a hit when it came out, if there would have been uh, more of that. Cause even like, well, I guess the red shoes was popular in the U S and that did get quite a good, quite a bit of nominations. I guess I'm surprised that even with a star like Burt Lancaster, there was really only the one Oscar nomination for this movie. Yeah, especially after winning the Palme d'Or, like there there was things with it for it to get no nothing else. I just wonder if people watched it and kind of didn't understand what they were supposed to be watching. It is a pretty long movie, and it takes a while to get to the point. And it feels long. It it does. It feels all of those three hours and what four minutes, six minutes. I stopped it multiple times to just be like, "How much longer do I have? How do I still have an hour left of this movie?" It's great, but how do I still have an hour left of this movie? But I have thought about it, and I'm not quite sure what you would cut out of this movie in order to make it shorter. I guess you could tighten a few things up, but I don't think it would significantly take down the runtime. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, like the the scene in the house where we don't know all the rooms, like oh I my do god, think that that scene yes. goes no, let's it goes, cut that. It goes long, but like I, I, like you could probably find, you know, trims of scenes, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it would be the way that the story is told and what they're trying to do it would be hard to cut out scenes just whole cloth because you might lose. Like you could see a producer cutting the Don Ciccio scene because, like, ah, just it, it drags or whatever. But like, nah, come on, you need you need that. Right, and that that's was... too important of a scene that just because everything pays off in the ball scene, ballroom scene, which you know, because the ballroom scene's what about forty five minutes or so. I'd say, I, I, yeah, it's fucking. It long. is. Yeah. It's longer. But than everything pays off, which 
I, I didn't really expect it. It was a nice surprise. I was like, oh, wow, this is all working. And I think the Don Ciccio being one of the bigger ones. Well, and I, the one thing I like about the movie, too, is just like the the blatant hypocrisy of Tancredi, who like I love was like uh, when he comes back the first time in the rain. It's like, didn't you Garibaldians wear red the last time I saw you? He's like, oh, no, no. Now I'm an I'm an army. I'm in the army with now. the king. And it's just like and just how easy allegiances kind of shift. And uh, I, but like I like Tancredi. that. That's, yeah, exactly. I, I, I like it. I like that. That's a part of it. And that it, it sort of doesn't really matter who's in charge. It's like it's going to be the same and the same thing is going to happen. He's an opportunistic. Like, yeah, and that's that's why the prince really appreciated him because he was always going to make the choice to get himself further, and and, and you know it ends with him getting you know the opportunity to be on the Senate. So he he always made the next step for him. It wasn't about the bigger picture; it was what's right for him and Angelica. It's interesting because in the book, uh, it the prince ha- it's a lot of the prince internal monologue. So they do give some of that to uh, Lancaster to speak, especially the thing about like never seeing his wife's navel. But uh, but in it, he talks about how Tancredi should have been his son. Tancredi should have been his heir and not his son. And and you get more of this animosity towards his own son and how he like speaks of him and speaks to him and they didn't really put that in the movie probably because there's really no point like we're not going to follow the son whatsoever so that's enough for us to know oh the son isn't important to him Tancredi is important to him but he does talk about how he he should have been his heir therefore that's the reason why he gives him money that's why he helps buy a ring for him that's why he when he finds out that Conchetta is in love with him he's like she he can't marry Conchetta Conchetta won't be able to uh, live up to the standard that he wants. Uh, and also in it, in the book, the relationship between Tancredi and Angelica is a lot less about romantic love. It's more about sensuality and passion, sure. But also this is mutually beneficial. So so they have this, this passion towards uh, we're bettering ourselves in this relationship. And then at the end you find out that this w- this moment in time that we saw was the best that they ever had because it all they they just grew apart and they they did not have a happy life together whatsoever but the anticipation of the life was what was so interesting for them and i prefer that to what we got in the movie i didn't i did not enjoy their relationship in the movie i didn't care I do think that it paints, I think the ball paints a pretty clear yeah. picture that that relationship, though, is going to fucking tank. Yes. Hard. And it allowed that's Angelica. Go, that's going down like Garibaldi's allegiance. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. It did also allow Angelica to be the um, the intelligent, I don't want to say conniving, but the, in, the intelligent, conniving person that she was. Planning. She knew. She was planning ahead. She knew what she needed to do in order to be the best she possibly could in life. And I loved that. I was happy they finally did that because I was so sick of seeing her. that pink dress was great, but I was so sick of seeing her in that pink dress running through the halls with Tancetti, Tancredi. I was like, oh, God, get to the next part. I don't care about this relationship. You're so boring. She wasn't. He was. What do we, th- but... what, what do we think about the uh, all this shouldn't last, but it will. Always. The human always, of course, a century, two centuries. And after that, it will be different, but worse. 
We were the leopards, the lions. Those who will take our place will be little jackals, hyenas. And the whole lot of us, leopards, jackals, and sheep, will all go on thinking ourselves the salt of the earth. Poetic. I loved, I liked that. And that's the problem with the American cut. But like, I love that. Like, we don't even hear the word leopard until that point when the Chevalier is leaving. And like, it's like, we're like 2.15 into this movie. Yeah. And I thought that was, I loved it. I love that we didn't hear it. Me too. Until that point. And it hit so hard because of that. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I love that whole thing. Um, I, I, And I thought his delivery was excellent. I loved Burt Lancaster in this movie. I When I found out he was in it, I thought, this is so weird. Okay, we're going to watch it. And I thought he was great. I thought he carried the role so well. Personally. Just no, loved him. I, 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 no, I, 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 I thought that the physical stature, especially like in the ball scene where there's so many more people that you can see him against and that he really is, you can follow him through the crowd. Um and which also makes it kind of when he's leaving at the end, um, kind of even more mysterious that he was able to slink away without being seen. Um, also, what a hell of a party that must have been. Oh, I mean, man. that was going until the next morning. Unbelievable. Because it was, it was, you know, watching him leave and then them in the car, like you see it becoming daylight. I was like, God damn, that's, that's an exhausting night. <laughs> no wonder they all had to wait online for food so much. Well, and there, and I like, like, listen, listen, I'm not trying to be mean, but there were some old fucking people there too who like, seemed to be. I mean, they're fucking still awake. I mean, that. I, they were down to party. I, I, I was fucking impressed. I was just, I, I was there for the celebration. There is no way I would have lasted that long. Absolutely no oh, way. I would have, no. I go to bed at 8 30. Like, absolutely not. I would have been I would have been one of the people in the corner in the chair like where's the good I'm going to I'm I call that I call that couch because I'm going to be passed out on it first the bed the bed that all the ladies were jumping on I would crawl in there and be like my bed now good night I go to sleep like that would be me God, and then they they but they jump on it anyway you have to deal with you have to deal that's with that that's fine yeah, I'm a pretty heavy a sleeper yeah that's okay <laughs> I'm a heavy sleeper it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me one bit I don't know that 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 old Sicilian coffee might have been real Real powerful. Oh yeah! Holy shit! I gotta say, I was, uh, I was, it was midday here, and it's cold, and I saw that. I was like, God damn! Some fucking good Sicilian coffee sounds pretty, uh, pretty amazing right about now. Some high octane, no joke. That's how you. That's how a nine hundred year old stayed up all night. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking that, that! I'm in. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, I, I, yeah. Any are we are we leaving any stones unturned? I mean, it's a long movie, but like anything not said that we want to to expand upon. No, I think I, for me, I mean, I got I got all the big big things. It's a, it's a long movie, but it's paced to tell a larger story. So I think we hit all the the pieces. Yeah, uh, my favorite scene was uh, I really really loved the scene between Angelica and Conchetta at the ball because you know I love Conchetta. But I also thought it was so poignant. And it does hit you over the head with, oh, the, out with the old and in with the new. But it it just shows their difference and how Angelica will come out on top because she is she wants to. She wants to be there. She wants to be present. And 
And this is the type of person that should be going into this new age. Whereas Conchetta, Conchetta's a heartbroken aristocrat who just wants to go home and pray. She's, and marry she's her going first to, cousin. And marry her first cousin. She is going to be left behind. <laughs> And she knows it and she watches and Angelica knows it too. Angelica knows exactly what she did. She walked into that party and she made a choice. She was like, I'm getting Tancredi. You know that she was doing that. And it, which is great. Good for her. I, I'm fully on board with that. Raise yourself to with whatever way that you can. And it just it made me so happy. I thought that the dissonance between them was great. And then when she said something about her being upset with her, and I was like, you know why she's upset with you. Don't don't make her say it. That is so mean. Angelica, that's mean. Conchetta's Conchetta's such a weak little bird. Ugh. <laughs> Poor Conchetta. I know. She's so pathetic. I hope she's happy. I hope she was happy, but I bet she wasn't. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think? Do you, do you think she gets married? They probably say in the epilogue. I have no idea. I think maybe she'd go to a convent. To be perfectly honest, she definitely ends up getting married. Her dad's the prince is like, come on, somebody. <laughs> Tan- Tancredi makes you know gets the count there. She moves up to Milan. He gets her crates of pasta. I mean, I will take crates of pasta. That sounds great. That's good. Um, well, okay. Uh, so let's see. I started with Joey on the recommend. So, Britt, do you think that the leopard deserves to be in the book A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die? When I first started watching it, I thought, my God, this is absolutely not going to be a pick. But I do, actually. I, I don't think I ever need to see this movie again, but I am glad that I watched it. It is about a time in history that I knew basically nothing about. I think that while it's a conservative view of aristocracy, it's a very interesting view of especially Italian, Sicilian aristocracy. I thought that the costuming was phenomenal. And that ballroom scene alone is worth the watch, in my opinion. So yeah, I I do. I do think it should. I love it. Interesting. Cool. Joey, do you think that the leopard should be in the book? So, yes, I do. And here's why. One, I'm blown away that that's my answer. I try to go into this blind every time, whether I've seen the movie or not, and really give it. And I was like, no way. Yes, I 100% think this should be in it. I think it tells a compelling story at a pace that shouldn't be compelling, but it is. But I, I think this is a movie that if it's not in this book disappears because no matter how much you love this movie this is a really hard movie to recommend to somebody and I recommended it to somebody and they're watching it next week and I'm actually very curious how that goes because it's it's a hard movie to recommend because it's great and I I really did love it and I appreciate it I don't know I'm gonna revisit it much but you know I'm happy I have it in my um in my arsenal of movies I've watched and I I think visually I think what how much has paid homage to it and taken from it that we all have seen? Yeah, I, I think the answer is yes. And, and I'm, uh, I'm very strong on that yes. And this conversation really helped me solidify that I wasn't, that I was kind of solid in my thought. Yeah, 
the the conversation really helped pull me this way. I, I had a whole bit where I was going to say no. And because we've talked about how back heavy the book is, I was like, well, I'm going to pick a movie where somebody is reflecting back on his life and the choices he's made, but bring it more modern and way less about politics. And the, and I was going to pick High Fidelity with John Cusack it's a great movie. As, my, <laughs> as my replacement. Um, but the, the conversation really tipped the scales. Um, and that's something that this podcast can do is to find that conversation because it is it's one thing to watch this and do the research but then like when you're in your own head about it and you can't let those thoughts come out like i definitely clocked the the chichio scene but until we really talked about it didn't really know just how much i enjoyed that scene for what it was so um i definitely this was a no flipping to a yes uh and it there definitely was the conversation that put me that way um so hot damn, that's that's three yeses across the board, a universal acceptance of, of That's amazing. Of it's been weeks and that's this is not where I thought we'd get back to it. That no. makes me so happy. I was uh, genuinely I thought I'd probably be the only one saying yes and I went into this assuming when I started watching it I was like this is a no from me. I can already tell. So I am shocked and and happy with our decision. Our unanimous decision. <laughs> It's the beauty of the, it's the beauty of the pod. Yes. But well, and, and as always, we want to know what you think of the leopard. So please find us on on all the socials, the places where we uh, we are interactive with you, and all the places where you can listen to us. Um, and coming up next, we're starting our our two episode journey into the the mind of David Lynch. Uh, we'll be focusing uh, solo uh, on Eraserhead before jumping into his entire filmography and doing our first definitive ranking of the season, which will be all 10 of David Lynch's films. How are you, how are you both anticipating that? I'm so excited. It's, it brings you to a certain mindset and, and I'm real happy to be in it. It's, <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm in it and I'm, Oh, man. I have a lot to say, and I can't wait to say it with you guys. I have an entire week off work, so I thought I'm just going to – I'm, you know, my husband's still working, so I was like, I'm just going to watch them all that week. And a friend of mine said, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'd be more than happy to come over and, like, watch some movies with you. And I was like, "Uh, I'm I'm only (laughs) watching David Lynch. I don't know if you want to do that. Do some research first. And if you'd like to join me, absolutely. But do not feel obligated. David Maybe Lynch she is- joins you on certain day, on certain days. Plan it Ooh. out. <laughs> I'm not sure she'd like any of them, to be perfectly honest. Maybe Firewalk with me, but that might be even a little too much for her. So yes, so yes, we've got a, we've got quite the the epic journey uh, ahead of us, which I'm very much for, uh, looking forward to to delving into. Uh, uh, but uh, until we get to the, the world of David Lynch, uh, I am Adam. I am Brett. And I am Joey. And we will see you for a racer head. <laughs>